It seemed like a good idea at the time. Three days in ultimate seclusion. The flakes that started to fall on your way were hardly worth notice. But now the polar vortex is locked over Canada and, as the drifts creep up to the windows, you feel foolish being miles and miles from any neighbor or route plowed by a road commission. The generator ran out of gas yesterday. But there's plenty of lamp oil and wood for the stove. Surprisingly, your call for help was met with something like joy. An acquaintance has a snowmobile with enough gas for a one-way trip. They're bringing people, food, supplies, beverages, and, if they heard your plea as the last milliamp slipped from your phone, games. That's right, soon you'll be gamers stuck in Snowmageddon. Gamers Stuck in Snowmageddon is a discussion with Northwest Michigan residents about life, the pursuit of happiness, and the four tabletop games they'd like to get stuck with in a fictitious snowpocalypse. I'm your host, Jim Maratsky, and today we're joined by Abigail Frost. Abby, welcome to Snowmageddon. Hi. Great to have you here, that's for sure. So my first question always is, how difficult was it for you to choose the four games you picked, and what criteria did you use? It honestly wasn't that hard. Um, I don't, like, I've played, I would say I've played a good number of board games, but, like, I haven't played really that many. So it's just like, well, what games do I like to play the most? Super. That sounds like great criteria. So let me ask you also, uh, you know, the, the idea of this is that you'd be stuck someplace out in a cabin in the wilderness for a while or something like that. Um, would this be something that would appeal to you? Would you want to be out in the middle of nowhere for a while without contact to a lot of civilization? Uh, no, I'd want, no. like, I'd want to be able to like check YouTube and stuff. Okay. Totally makes sense. I hear you. So the first game that you'd like to bring is one that's, uh, come to Snowmageddon here many times so far. And this is a 2016 design by a team of brothers in the Netherlands published in the U.S. by Stronghold Games. And that's called Terraforming Mars. Why would you want to bring Terraforming Mars along? It's a really fun game. And what I like about it is it's different every time. Like, typically you don't get the same company each time. You know, that you get like a different cards each time just because there's so many. Like the board is always set up differently each time. It's just of, you know, where you're trying to go and the resources you're trying to get. So is this a game that came easily to you to play, or have you had to play it a lot to learn it, or how'd that go for you? Uh, I learned it fairly easily the first time we played it. Um, it's definitely one that I'm like, you know, if it's like, hey, you know, let's play a board game, it's not, like, we've played it a number of times at our house. So do you have, is there any one playthrough that sticks in your mind that that you remember that was particularly interesting or fun um the first time i played the very first time i got the the plant company i don't remember what it's called but it's the one where you you can place a forest for only seven plants instead of eight and so i just went full in on all the plants and animals and microbes and then that's always sort of been my uh, my strategy is go for, like, the natural stuff. Just because, I mean, it does get you a lot of points. I also always go for the Jupiter tags. Um, but there was this one game where we got the whole board covered. There was just, 
it was full of all the forests and the cities and the oceans. It was cool. That sounds great. So you, I heard you like science in school. Do you feel like you're doing science when you're terraforming Mars? Oh, yeah. Um, it's really fun. And one of the other things that I like about terraforming Mars related to school We've um we've been hearing a little more about like the NASA missions and you know how they want to colonize space in like um, world studies because it's a current event thing, and it's like yeah let's go I'm already doing this at home. That's great. So tell me a little bit about how you started playing games. What what where where did you get that from? Um, well we I'd always played like normal board games like Life. Monopoly, you know, like the classics that everyone has. Um, but it was Eric, who, who mom, who had started going to the board game group, who interested, who introduced me to the bigger, heavier board games. Okay, and you just totally jumped right in on that. You were that was fine with you. Oh yeah, super. Okay, so you've uh, lived a lot of places for someone your age. Yep. Um, could you? Tell us a little bit about what you liked at each of those places and and how does the other places you've been compare to Michigan? Sure. Um, I was born in Germany. We moved before. I have no memory of living there. We moved before I was even one. So I have no memory of Germany. Um, then we moved to Colorado. Uh, all I really remember about Colorado is going to my grandma's house a lot. Um, I was, I was still really little when we moved to Texas. Um, I went there through the middle of kindergarten and then we moved. Um, and then in California, we were there middle of kindergarten to middle of third grade. We went to like, we went to Disneyland a couple of times, we went to Universal cause that was my birthday choices were, do you want to have a party or do you want to go to an amusement park? And I was like amusement park please um and then middle of third grade we moved to virginia we were there till like mid-summer after that of that same year and then fourth grade i started school in michigan um i remember this one um in virginia and i mean i guess in texas too we there was a snow day if there was snow basically like, we had maybe an inch of snow in Virginia, and they called a snow day. If there was any snow in Texas, there was a snow day, because no one knew how to drive on it. And I, yeah, um, and now it's like, we we have had two snow days, and last year we had like a week of them. Do you, So you like snow? I mean, are you mm. happy to be here? <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I really like it, it's just I've gotten used to it. And so it's like... It's just snow, guys. So do you get out in the snow at all, or do you do any snow sports or snowball uh, fights or that kind of thing? During the week, um, like after school, I'll, tip, I'll be outside for a while um, just because, I, <laughs> I mean, it's like I'm not really doing anything else, and it's like I might as well go outside. Um, my little brother likes, my uh, Link and my little brother likes sledding. So we've got a big hill in our yard. Oh, he sleds down. That sounds like fun. I, I had a big hill where I grew up, too, and that was great to have right outside. Okay, your uh, second game, 
first came out in 2001 and is designed and published by Steve Jackson. It has a million variants, and this is Munchkin. Why would you want this at Snowmageddon? Well, it's really fun messing with people, specifically Eric, but... Like, same as Terraforming Mars, it's different every time, you know, you're not, like, I mean, theoretically, you could have, like, the same class and race every time and, you know, work to get the same weapons, but there's just, there's, the stack of cards just in the base box is, like, three inches tall. You're not getting the same cards every time. So, could you just briefly describe a a play, you know, like, what does it feel like to play Munchkin? Target Eric. That's how okay. we play Munchkin. <laughs> What's a? Can you talk about a crazy card combination that you ever got? Oh uh, well, last night, um, last night we played. I got the Magnificent Hat, which reflects all curses. Any curses that are played on you by other players, and any that you draw when you look when you open the door. And I had. A ton of curses, like in my hand, I could, I drew a bunch, and so, yeah, <laughs> Mom and Eric got a lot of curses, and then Eric didn't have a ton of stuff like for most of the game, because I played a bunch of stuff on him really early on, and he had this big tuba thing. I don't remember what it, what powers up it, it gave him, because almost immediately I played a curse that made it useless, but he still had to carry it around. So, yeah, target Eric. So do you have to have a special attitude to play Munchkin? It sounds like it's pretty different than a lot of other games. No, it's a really, um, it's really, like, easy and fun. You don't have to be super competitive to play it. You know, you can still, like, because I target Eric because I know if I don't, he is going to dominate the game. But, like, you know, if you, because if you're playing in a bigger group, it's easier to sort of, blend in and so if you're not like out there you know casting curses on everyone every time you're probably not going to be messed with so like if it's you know your first time playing plus two if it's your first time playing most people aren't going to mess with you that bad but like if it's your first time playing you know it's not something where you have to be super competitive to win so tell me a bit about what you like to do when you're not playing games like tv or hobbies or that kind of thing um i like uh, I like reading. I like sewing. I've got a cross stitch going on right now of Marie Curie. Um, I'm, I like like fantasy genres, like Harry Potter, Star Trek, Percy Jackson, like most of the Rick Riordan series. I like those. So you said you like Star Trek Voyager. Why that iteration versus the others? Uh, well. Star Trek Voyager was the one where, when I first actually started watching it, it was the first one where I was like, whoa, Star Trek could actually be cool. Because, like, Mom and Eric had watched, they had watched Next Gen, and they had also watched Deep Space Nine. And, like, sometimes, just because if I was out there, like, I would watch it, but it was never really, like, I want to watch this. It was just like, oh, well, I mean, I might as well. Um, but then started watching Voyager, and I really liked Captain Janeway because I mean she's awesome, and so I was like, "Yeah, no, I'm watching this." So your third game uh, requires an active imagination. It's first published in 2008 by Liebelud and was designed by Jean-Louis Rubira, and this is Dixit. Tell us why you'd like to have this along. It's just it's so pretty, and like. 
I, you, I can't get bored playing Dixit. I could spend the whole time just looking at the cards without even playing. Like, it's so pretty and and it's so open ended too. Because like, the, one card could be played for like multiple different things. They're so open ended. Like, you don't have to be like this card is specifically about like happiness. This card is specifically about like money or anything. Yeah, I'm. I haven't played this, but I'm looking forward to trying it sometime. So. It looks great. You uh, designed a game for an economics project at school. Tell us a little bit about how you did that and why that was your choice of things to do. Okay, so Mr. Stable had given us two choices. We could either make a board game or we could make a children's book. And if we had to do a board game, we had to include everything, like all the economic things we'd learned in the term. And if we had a book, we could just focus on one thing. Um, I originally chose to work with uh, two of the guys who were in my class. Their, um, their idea and was to do basically a Monopoly-esque game. So, you know, you roll the dice, you move across the board, you draw cards or whatever based on where you land. But that was what most of the people in our class were doing for board games. You roll, you move, the square affects what you do. I wanted to do something different. I had an idea for a game similar to Lords of Waterdeep where you have to go to the mark to the factories and you have to go to make the products and you have to go to the market to sell them and diff- different things can affect, you know, how much you sell them for, how much it costs to make them, wh- how many people and like you can decide how many people you want be at the factory, how many you want at the market. And so I ended up doing that myself because we wasted a couple days just arguing about this. And so eventually I was just like, you know what? You guys can make your game. I'll make mine. And so, and then I was super stressed out for like the next week because I had overestimated how much work it would be for one person to make a, to essentially recreate Lords of Waterdeep for an economics class and so I was a bit overly ambitious and like because I had planned out like all sorts of stuff for the little figurines like some meeples and I was I ended up using squares of paper but it worked the people who played it said they liked it so yeah that's great that's just called prototyping and that's a a necessary step for everybody. Would you design a game again, do you think? I think so, yeah. I had this one idea cuz in one of the in one of the series by Rick Riordan, Percy Jackson and the Olympians, there is a character, Nico. He plays a card game called Mythomagic. But the game the books never really go into detail about what the game really is. Um, it describes hit points and attack points, and you can collect figurines of the different gods on the cards because it's like based off of the Greek mythology. But we never see anyone play a game. Um, we never really learn that much about the gameplay. We, we're told later on that there are expansions to it, but I think it would be cool to try to design a game like that. It sounds to me... Like something similar to like Magic the Gathering, although I've never played that either. But I'm like, I see people like with the cards at school, and I'm like, 
I'm guessing it's something like that. Do you know anybody else your age that plays games like you do? Uh, are folks interested in that sort of thing? Did you change anybody's mind with your project at school? Um, the only person my age I know who really plays board games is Josiah. Um, I teamed up with him once to play Terraforming Mars because I uh, gave him Oreos. And so we worked together and it was awesome. Um, but... No, none of my, I'll mention a board game, and none of my friends at school know what I'm talking about. And they're like, what are you talking about? Like, none of them have played Munchkin, none of them have played... They haven't even played Tickets to Ride, and I'm like, do you know this game? No. Do you know this game? No. And I'm like, they're good games. Come on, people. Well, it sounds like you got your work cut out for you there. Yeah. But I think the aspect of a team play... It sounds like a good idea as well. I think that would help people get into games more. Mm -hmm. um, your last game is a tile-laying game. It uh, came out in 2000, designed by Klaus Jürgen Rieder and uh, published by in the U.S. by Z-Man Games. You get a bird's-eye view of a landscape you create because this is Carcassonne. Why do you want to bring Carcassonne along? Just because, um, just like the first two, it's different every time. You're not going to have the same city layout. You're not going to have the same roads layout. You're not going to draw the same tiles every time. It's going to look different. But at the same time, it's not like Terraforming Mars where, you know, you're, you're building your strategy off of your company card, typically. But you can have the same strategy every time you play a game of Carcassonne. It's just the game is going to be different each time. So um, what would you, is there anything you'd like to, do next in gaming? Is there any games that you'd like to try out again sometime that you've heard about or anything like that? There was this one game we played last time I was at board games. It was called Scoville, where you're trying to build like different chili recipes by like planting peppers. I wouldn't mind playing that again. Um, Kyle has just he has so many games. I would like to play most of them. Just like there's just so many, it's like where do you start? Yep, just not enough time to get at them, that's for sure. So, my last formal question for you is the snowmobile uh, that brought the games to you had to cross a river on its way, and as it hit the far bank, three of the games bounced out and were washed away down the river. So, if you could only have one of the four games that you chose, Darren Snowmageddon, what would that be? I don't know, like my first. My first thought is Terraforming Mars, just because, like, that's a bigger game, and so it's going to take more time, and so you're not going to be like, we've played this, like, ten times already. Like, you're going you're gonna to be like, oh, we've played this five times already. But at the same time, it's so big that it's like, you know, you got to take breaks. Like, you can't play, like, three games of Terraforming Mars all in a row. You're going to be mentally exhausted. And so I think either... I think I would have to go with Munchkin, just because it's it's so fun and I I like I like targeting people in Munchkin. Like you can target people in Terraforming Mars, but it's it's harder because you can't do it when it's like their turn. You have to wait till it's your turn, and by then it's like, well, now I can't do that because you did that. But I'd I'd say Munchkin. That sounds good. Well, Abby, thanks so much for being a part of this and being here today. Really appreciate you being here. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Sure. 
So that's it for this episode of Gamers Stuck in Snowmageddon. Thanks again to Abby for being a good sport. This podcast was recorded at the studios of Traverse Area Community Media in Traverse City, which are available to everyone. Find out more at TACM.TV. This nice music was provided by Blue Dot Sessions. This episode was sponsored by Archipelago Creative LLC, publishers of Mackinac Island Treasure Hunt card and board games at MackinawTreasure.com. Look for more episodes of this podcast at anchor.fm slash game in snow or in your favorite podcast app. If you have comments about this show or want to suggest or be a guest, please email me at gameinsnow at gmail.com. I'm Jim Moratsky. Thanks for listening.